John, John, John chapter 8, we're continuing uh, to go through the book of John. My son this morning asked me, Dad, how long are we going to be in this book? And I tell him, as long as it takes, son, most likely till May, all right, May of 2022, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll take it that long if we got to, uh, but man, there's an incredible theme going throughout the scripture and throughout the book of John is to know Jesus. In church, if we can get that, we got it. All right, we can know Jesus and who he is because John's really going to uh, shed light upon who uh, Jesus is. In fact, Jesus will do it uh, for us in this scripture. Uh, so, so when we left off, we left off of the story with the woman at the well and then Jesus coming up um, in John chapter 8, verse 12. And he makes this incredible claim and a, a claim that's going to be of his deity and also a claim that's really going to get him into a lot of trouble uh, with these Pharisees and these religious leaders, they're just, they ain't going to have it, all right? They're going to actually put him in their version of a trial just because of this one simple claim that Jesus makes in the temple. In fact, this is uh, a part of the treasury in the temple where up to six to 10,000 people perhaps were at, at this very moment when Jesus makes this claim that I am the light of the world and whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Again, that's John chapter 8, verse 12. And we're going to keep on reading through some of that, but let me just kind of do a little uh, work if we can. Now, this is going to be, this is setting up an argument, all right, between Jesus and the establishment, between Jesus and the religious elite that just do not like his claim. And for every Jewish person that's in this temple right here at this present moment, they would have understood rightly what Jesus is saying. There would be no question, all right? Jesus is claiming his deity here. Now, light comes with it, uh, some incredible weight to it, because if you know a little bit about your Bible, you know that that's a pretty good theme throughout scripture. I mean, just trace yourself back to Genesis chapter one, right? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth and everything around it was formless and void, and darkness covered everything. And then God was like, I ain't having that darkness. And he says, let there be light. All right, and so you get this theme, especially this contrast uh, throughout the scriptures where God is referenced as light, and that old devil, he's referenced as darkness. And you get this contrast. So either you have the light, or and if you're not in the light, then you are in darkness. And you get this throughout Scripture. Isaiah chapter 9, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light, right? Now, you probably just only remember that during Christmas, but that's not just a Christmas verse, okay? That's an incredible verse. That is a verse referencing to the coming Messiah. And here's Jesus stepping up in the temple saying, hey, I'm that light that Isaiah was talking about. I'm that light because all y'all in darkness, and I've come to expose the light. And this is really incredible. This is great news. And there goes sneeze number one. He's got two more for the rest of my sermon because it's always in threes. Acts chapter 26, verse 17. That's my son. Listen to what Paul talks about his conversion, how he talks about his conversion when Jesus met him with a great light. You got one more, son. Go ahead. Get it out. <laughs> Acts 26, here's what Paul talks about in this conversion. Delivering you from your people and from the Gentiles to whom I'm sending you to open their eyes so that they may turn from what? Darkness to light 
and from the power of Satan to God. So you get that? The power of Satan, darkness, light, God. That they may receive forgiveness of sins and place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. And so here's John just gathering all of this contextually for us. And Jesus is saying, y'all, they've been talking about me for thousands of years, and here I am. Now, here's the really cool part about this in context, what's happening. So this is at the end. If you remember, chapter 7, they ended. It's near the end of the Feast of Tabernacles. And so you remember, like, the Feast of Tabernacles. It's where they commemorated God's faithfulness out up in the desert, right, when they were in the wilderness. So they would commemorate this uh, during this Feast of Tabernacles, and they'd go camping. All right, probably not your idea of a good time. But I'll take it. I mean, they're just like, this is, this is better than Christmas and Easter for them, okay? They are celebrating the faithfulness of God by going out and taking a tent and they're camping. And not only would they commemorate it, commemorate it uh, by, by camping out, but they would also commemorate it by light. And so right in the middle of the temple courts where up to six to 10,000 people came for this, uh, this celebration of the Feast of Tabernacles, there would be these giant 75 to 85 foot menorahs that would, they would light. And think about if you're the guy that's got to go light that junk. I mean, a tall candlestick, basically, okay? Like, think about that poor guy. Like, I'm not that guy. They're like, yo, you got to light. And there's not just one of them, but there's perhaps four of these things. And it would illuminate Jerusalem. It would be so glorious. And I believe just right at this moment when these menorahs have been lit up for all of this uh, festivities to see, Jesus here steps in and he says, yeah, that light that y'all are celebrating there. I am the light of the world. And they did this to celebrate the fact that God led them by what? Cloud by day and fire by night. And so Jesus is like, y'all, I'm that fire by night that y'all celebrating about. I am the light of the world Amen. and he's did this so remarkably he's right there in the temple and the, he talks about I'm the light of the world this claim of deity of who Jesus is I'm God I'm him I'm here I'm here to eradicate the darkness in your life now we've already talked about a little bit about what the light does right it exposes Outwardly and it exposes inwardly. But I want to talk about a little bit, uh, since we didn't get on this much, about the darkness, okay? Because this is important. Now, the light, notice what the scripture says, what the light offers you. The light offers you what? Life. Thank you, Willie. One of y'all paying attention. The light offers what, y'all? Life. So in contrast, remember, the darkness then, it only offers one thing, an avenue for you to hide in and ultimately leads to death think about that that the darkness wants you to stay in this zone where you're hiding where you think nobody sees you and i'm going to say something because this is very terrifying you can hide from some of your people you could hide from some of your folks in your house but one of the most terrifying realities about God is you can't hide from him. Amen. There is no hiding place. Your thought place, nope, he sees it. Everything you do, 
He sees it. He knows about it. You cannot hide from the reality that there is a God who knows and sees everything you do or think. Now, how many of you want to sign up and say, I tell you what, preacher, put all my thoughts up on those screens. Anybody want to sign up for that? Not even me. I don't want half my, I don't want the majority of my thoughts to you up on that screen. Y'all, this is a crazy place sometimes, especially when I'm driving. And I did good. I only yelled at four people on that road trip last week. That's, that's, that's amazing. Like, that's proof of sanctification. <laughs> God is sanctifying me. Praise the Lord. And this is why this is so important. And just to get a little real with you this morning, the reality is, is that the darkness is just easier. Like, think about that in light of a secret sin. All right, so... I was not naming sins around here, but think if it's a, 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 an addiction to pain meds, or maybe it's pornography, or maybe it's uh, these subtle little flirt, flirtings uh, that you may do when you are uh, already married to someone. Maybe it's maybe you're married and you're you're stalking your ex on Facebook. Whatever it may be, the reality of it is is that it's extremely hard to come out of the darkness when you have secret sin. Why? Well, you're going to be exposed. The reality of it is that, that your marriage may be on the line, but it'd be far greater for you to confess than it would be for you to continue to navigate your soul into this continuous abyss of darkness, which, hear me, church, leads to death. And that judgment will be far greater than any judgment you can have when you confess. I mean, that's, that's scary. But the good news of that is, is that the cross of Christ gave you an off-ramp from your secret sins. Because suddenly then, when you confess and you turn to Christ, then what? He absorbed all of that wrath that you deserve. So, so perhaps you can continue on in your unconfessed secret sin, and that darkness will just lead you to death. But thank God that he made a way out for us. Now, let's, let's keep reading. That was just my introduction uh, for the remainder of the text. Yeah, we got a lot of verses to cover, all right? We'll be out by noon-ish. So, what do the Pharisees do? They do what they do. They start questioning Jesus. They take him to trial, all right? This is going to be a phenomenal look <laughs> at Jesus and his claims. So, now they're going to take him and say, all right, you've got to have two witnesses. So pick it up in verse 13. So the Pharisees said to him, you're bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. I don't know why Keith didn't want to share that with his testimony last week. I don't know. Jesus answered, even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true. For I know where I came from and where I'm going. 
but you do not know where I come from or where I'm going. What's he talking about? He was there. Like, brother man was there in the beginning, the active agent of creation. Jesus was there. Read him verse 15. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. In fact, that's better translated as, I, I don't judge to your standards. Okay? Yet, even if I do judge, my judgment is true. For it is not I alone who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. In your law, it is written that the testimony of two people is true. I am the one who bears witness about myself. Here are the two witnesses. Y'all ready? I am the one who bears witness about myself. And the Father who sent me bears witness about myself. Now, that may be a little confusing, but hang tight. They said to him, therefore, where is your father? And Jesus just blasts these jokers. You know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. These words he spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple, but no one arrested him because his hour had not yet come. So now Jesus just said, you need a witness? Can I get a witness? This is what Jesus is saying. Like, you need a witness? I got you one. Me and my father. And does that sound crazy? Like, how could you be a witness of yourself? Well, just like the light doesn't need a witness that it's a light bulb. Do you need to look at a flashlight and say, are you a flashlight? Come on, I know you're just posing back there. You're probably a book in real life. You don't do that. Like, come on, seriously. And so this is the argument that Jesus is giving them back. Like, I don't, I don't need a human to testify about me. Because you just quite ain't understood who you're talking to yet. I know my testimony is true because I know who I am. Okay. Hear me very carefully. Jesus understood that he was God. Okay. He understood his deity. I ain't questioning it. I go, geez, I wonder if I am God. wonder if I am that man they're talking about. I mean, I don't think he went southern on everybody. I mean, that would just be kind of awkward that if Jesus was a redneck. He wasn't, right? But here's Jesus like, yo, I know who I am. Now he just went hood. Like, like, he's like, like, yo, I know who I am. And I don't need a human telling me that. I, there's Donna. I don't need a human to validate who I am. Right? This is Jesus, man. He's, he's incredible. And he tells these jokers, he's like, and this is, this is a sad reality that perhaps some of us have fallen into. Jesus knows who he is, and he knows who the Father is. He tells them something very terrifying. Y'all been studying the Scripture. You have studied the prophecies. You can quote the Torah you don't even know who the father is and one of the most terrifying things that we can fall into is we think we know him but we got the wrong guy our jesus we we want him to fit our mold how terrifying it would be for some of us for you to get to god and him say i, I didn't know who you are this is John's emphatic theme here, and Jesus is trying to push this argument. Like, I want you to know me. How do you know Jesus? You know the Father. How do you know the Father? You know Jesus. All right, don't worry. We're going to get in Trinity theology later, right? Holy Spirit's in this equation, okay? But right now, this is Jesus and the Father talking. 
You want to know who Jesus is? Look to the Father. You want to know who the Father is? Look to Jesus. One of the most terrifying things we can do is we can play church. We can play the game. We can say all the right things. And our heart is so far from him. And Jesus look at us like he's looking at these Pharisees. Sure, with a broken heart. You've got to know. You don't even know the Father. It's terrifying. Verse 21. So he said to them again. He's going going to call up another witness. I'm going away, and you will seek me. And at this point, it's going to sound like Jesus needs a hug. And you will die in your sin. I'm sure that's like when the crowd just like went, what is that? Jesus just said they're going to die. Like, that would be me. Like, what the what? No. Like somebody need to go give Jesus like some of that new wine he just made back in John chapter 2 or something. I mean, <laughs> get a hug. He tells them, I mean, he's mean. He's like, where I'm going, you ain't going. So the Jews said, what's he going to do, kill himself? Since he says, where I'm going, you cannot come. He said to them, you're from below. I'm from above. You're of this world. I ain't of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he who will, uh, you will die in your sins. So they said to him, who are you? And Jesus said to them, y'all have been telling you this from the beginning. <laughs> Here's this sin that he's talking about. When Jesus is referencing the sin of unbelief. The sin of unbelief. These Pharisees, They've got a mistaken identity. This is a case of mistaken identity here. You ever had somebody waving and you thought they were waving at you? And so you're like, (laughs) (laughs) isn't it terrible? It's like so embarrassing. (laughs) I don't know why I do these things. Like I said, I'm so awkward, like, and that happens. Or, like, you're the moron like I am, and you think that's a person that you're like, oh, my bad, wrong person. You know what I mean? Or you just, like, own it. Like, when that happens, you just need to own it. You're like, I'm just a friendly southerner, y'all. I'll just be waving at everybody. (laughs) That's pretty embarrassing. (laughs) You got a case of the mistaken identity going on. These jokers right here, this is exactly what's happening. Now, they, I'm sure they ain't waving. Like, hey, Jesus. <laughs> this is what it is. The gays, mistaken identity. It's their view of Jesus. It's how they wanted Jesus to be. But Jesus is like, this is not. So the sin that he's talking about is his unbelief. It's an unbelief. He's just like, girl, it's just, it's just easy. Like, believe. Stop believing in your ignorance. And it was because of their ignorance, they could not see that the light was right in front of them. Like, you ever argued with someone about, let's just say religion, right? Sometimes people can be so caught up in their ignorance that they, that's all they want to focus on. And it just, 
There's something in the air here or something. I wonder if y'all did that last week. It could be me that you guys are allergic to. I don't know. We'll, we'll do a case study right there. And here's Jesus like, your sin, this unbelief has a consequence. Now, that's not popular, especially in our culture. Wait a minute, there's a consequence for sin? Now, you don't know me. Like, I, there ain't going to be no consequence for my sin. Yeah, death, darkness. Like, that is not a popular thing to say. That's offensive to our culture. Why? Because, well, it's just got to be every way. We'll just, we'll just do whatever we do. Like, you do you, boo. You know how wrong that statement is? No, you do what the word says, boo. This sin of unbelief, this is insane. It's because they wanted their way, and they're so ignorant, they couldn't see that the light is in front of them. It, in my view, this is why Jesus is like, y'all, I mean, <laughs> you ain't got it now. And you just ain't going to get it. And here's why I know. Because in verse 30, many believed. So it wasn't like he was talking in some kind of mysterious code. Oh, the Bible code. Let's take the A out of Alpha and multiply it by the 7 and this dragon head and we'll get some conglomeration of Jesus is coming back December 12th, right? This is what they're, this is like, he's not saying anything in code, y'all. People heard what he said and they knew what his claim was because verse 30 gives us this. Many believed in him. Could it be that some of us we just have our idea of who Jesus should be. We'll never see the real Jesus because we're so caught up in our ignorance. God, take the blindfolds off of us so that we're no longer ignorant people, but we see you for who you really are, God. Jesus is wanting them to see it, but man, you got to know he's getting a little frustrated because he doesn't answer him. He's like, man, if you ain't got it by now, you're just probably not going to get it. Modern day translation, you're just stupid. <laughs> Saying that, that ain't what's wrong with you, Willie. There's some other things wrong with you. Um, <laughs> man, he just, <laughs> he's just, I mean, he's just, he's like, man, y'all just, y'all ain't gonna get it. He didn't want more evidence. I mean, he's been healing people. I mean, he's been doing some incredible things. They didn't want more evidence. They just wanted to trap him. That's all they're doing here. Now, look, look, I, I got to get to that third witness there because he ain't going to give them two. He's going to give them three. Verse 26. I've got much to say about you, much to judge, but he who sent me is true, and I declare to the world that I've heard from him. Now, they did not understand that he had been speaking to them about the Father. So Jesus said to them, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He, and that I do nothing on my own accord, authority, but speak just as the Father taught me. And He who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to Him. As He was saying these things, I love this verse, many believed. Finally, there's some people that weren't just after the signs and wonders. Finally, there's some people who hear the words of Jesus 
and are drawn to his teachings. So, so here's the third witness here. What he says, and this will take place in a few chapters, for us a few years. It, it'll take place when I be lifted up. Now, when John references this, this is a reference when Jesus is saying, I'll be lifted up. He's talking about when I'm on the cross, when I'm lifted up on the cross. Do you need a witness? you need proof? You think that you're going to put a criminal to justice and to death but what you're really doing is you are lifting up the son of man that I might be glorified and that I may ransom those who are in darkness that's the other witness the witness is his soon death and resurrection and man these jokers they just don't get it the day will come Jesus is saying here you're going to see it I'll be lifted up And eventually, one day, everyone will see it because Revelation teaches us that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. You need a witness like that? That's the other witness. Not just Jesus, not just the Father, but what he's about to do for the world. This is glorious news now because if you're hiding in darkness, insert the cross of Christ who absorbed the wrath that you deserve. This is our witness. And he says, I'm the light of the world. I'm going to be lifted up. And in verse 30, they all believe. Now, I want to go back to verse 12. And I'm about to close, so don't worry. Don't panic. Because I didn't get to that verse 12b part, okay? So I am the light of the world. But notice the next part of it. What's he say? Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have this light of life. Now, let's just talk real briefly about what it means to follow Jesus, okay? What it means to follow Jesus is you have Jesus. That's what he's saying, like, follow me, you get me. And I love what he's saying here follow me. I, I hear sometimes I hear sometimes people say, you know what, just try Jesus. <laughs> that, that annoys me. It's not like try Jesus. And today if you sign up, you get the Holy Spirit. <laughs> also today your prize will be one million dollars. Offer expires. <laughs> right? <laughs> It ain't try him out. Well, I'm just going to try him out, see how this thing works. That's not what Jesus says. You follow him. In this time, when you follow Jesus, you are a disciple of Jesus. Now, the word disciple was used because follower, the, the, the rabbi or teacher would choose who is following him. And there was this blessing in the time of Jesus that said, may you be covered in the dust of your rabbi. They would walk with him. They would talk with him. They would sit with him. They would eat with him. And this prayer of blessing is, and that they would be covered in dust by the one they're following. You want to know what it looks like to follow Jesus? 
You follow him so close that you're just covered by the dust. You're covered by everything he does. You're covered by his word. You're covered by how he responds. Like you are learning the ways of Jesus. Here it is again. You're knowing Jesus. You want to follow Jesus? Then know him. Do you want to follow after Jesus? got to know him. Not just a head knowledge, but you got to know him. It has to be this transfer just also from the head to the heart. Like you know him. Do you know Jesus this morning? Do you know that he is the son of God? Do you know that he died for you? Do you know that he took your place? Do you know that you deserve a judgment? and death. You deserve darkness. (laughs) But the glorious message of the gospel is that Christ absorbed that darkness. He absorbed your failures. He absorbed your shame. He absorbed that secret sin. And he took the penalty. And there on the tree here on that cross, all of the wrath of God that was aimed at you, Jesus absorbed it all. Do you know Jesus, church? May our lives be marked by that we know Jesus and we make him known. We're going to enter into a time of communion. So, John and Christian, if you guys would just